The Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company presents Doctor Who, An Unearthly Child by Anthony Coburn. It's a foggy night and a policeman is patrolling his beat past I.M. Foreman's Scrap Merchants at 76 Totters Lane. Inside is an assortment of items including a police telephone box. The next day in the history classroom at Coal Hill School, the bell is ringing for the end of the school day. Wait here, please, Susan. I won't be long. Yes, Miss Wright. Barbara enters the science classroom where Ian is tidying up after the class. Oh, not gone yet. Obviously not. Right. Ask a silly question. I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll forgive you this time. Oh, I had a terrible day. I don't know what to make of it. Oh, what's the trouble? Can I help? Oh, it's one of the girls. Susan Foreman. Susan Foreman, is she your problem too? Yes. You don't know what to make of her? No. How old is she, Barbara? Fifteen. Fifteen. She lets her knowledge out a bit at a time so as not to embarrass me. That's what I feel about her. She does more science than I'll ever know. She's a genius. Is that what she's doing with history? Something like that. So your problem is whether to stay in business or to hand over the class to her? No, not quite. What then? Ian, I must talk to someone about this, but I don't want to get the girl into trouble. And I know you're going to tell me I'm imagining things. No, I'm not. Well, I told you how good she is at history. I had a talk with her and told her she ought to specialize. Well, she seemed quite interested until I said I'd be willing to work with her at home. Then she said that would be absolutely impossible as her grandfather didn't like strangers. He's a doctor, isn't he? That's a bit of a lame excuse. Well, I didn't pursue the point. But then recently, her homework's been so bad. Yes, I know. Finally, I got so irritated with all her excuses, I decided to have to talk with this grandfather of hers and tell him to take some interest in her. Did you indeed? What's the old boy like? Well, well that's just it. I got her address from the secretary, 76 Potter's Lane, and I went along there one evening. Oh, Anne, do pay attention. Sorry, you went along there one evening? There isn't anything there. It's just an old junkyard. You must have gone to the wrong place. Well, that was the address the secretary gave me. The secretary got it wrong, then. No, I checked. There's a big wall on one side, houses on the other, and nothing in the middle. And this nothing in the middle is number 76, Totter's Lane. Hmm, that's a bit of a mystery. Well, there must be a simple answer somewhere. Well, what? Well, we'll have to find out for ourselves, won't we? Thank you for the we. She's waiting in one of the classrooms. I'm lending her a book on the French Revolution. What's she going to do? Rewrite it? Oh, all right. What do we do? Ask her point blank? No, I thought we could drive there, wait until she arrives, and see where she goes. Oh, all right. That is, if you're not doing anything. No, I'm not. After you. Barbara and Ian find that in the history classroom... Susan is listening to guitar rock music on her transistor radio. Susan? Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Wright. I didn't hear you coming in. Aren't they fabulous? Who? It's John Smith and the Common Men. They've gone from 19 to 2. John Smith is the stage name of Honorable Aubrey Waits. He started his career as Chris Waits and the Carolers, didn't he, Susan? You were surprising, Mr. Chesterson. I wouldn't expect you to know things like that. I have an inquiry in mind. And a very sensitive ear. Oh, I'm sorry. She turns the radio off. Thank you. Is that the book you promised me? Yes. Oh, thank you very much. It will be interesting. I'll return it tomorrow. Oh, that's not necessary. Keep it until you've finished it. I'll have finished it. Oh, where do you live, Susan? I'm giving Miss Wright a lift. I've got room for one more. No, thank you, Mr. Chesterton. I like walking through the dark. It's mysterious. Be careful, Susan. There'll probably be a fog again tonight. Mm. See you in the morning. I expect so. Good night. Good night. Good night, Susan. The adults leave. Susan sits on a desk and starts reading. But that's not right. That evening, Ian and Barbara park on Totter's Lane at the address in Susan's file. Over there. We're lucky there wasn't a fog. I'd never have found this. Well, she doesn't seem to have arrived yet. I suppose we're doing the right thing, aren't we? You can't justify curiosity. But her homework. 
A bit of an excuse, really, isn't it? I've seen far worse. The truth is, we're both curious about Susan, and we won't be happy until we know some of the answers. You can't just pass it off like that. If I thought I was just being a busybody, I'd go straight home. I thought you agreed she was a bit of a mystery. Yes, but I think you'll find there's a very simple explanation to all this. Well, I don't know how you explain the fact that the 15-year-old girl does not know how many shillings there are in a pound. Really? Really. She said she thought we were on the decimal system. Decimal system? Flashback to a time in the classroom. The other pupils are laughing. I'm sorry, Miss Wright? Don't be silly, Susan. The United States has a decimal system. You know perfectly well we do not. Of course. The decimal system hasn't started yet. Well, she could be a foreigner. No, doesn't make sense. Nothing about this girl makes sense. For instance, the other day I talked about chemical changes. I'd given out the litmus paper to show cause and effect. And she knew the answer before you'd started. Well, not quite. The answer simply didn't interest her. This time, the flashback is to the science class. Yes, I can see red turns to blue, Mr. Chesterton. That's because we're dealing with two inactive chemicals. They only act in relation to each other. Well, that's the whole point of the experiment, Susan. Yes, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? Well, I'm not trying to be rude, but couldn't we deal with two active chemicals? Then red could turn blue all by itself and get on with something else. I'm sorry, it was just an idea. She needs it. These simple experiments are child's place to her. You know, it's almost got to the point where I deliberately want to trip her up. Yes, something like that happened the other day. I set the class a problem with A, B, and C as the three dimensions. Flashback again to the science classroom. It's impossible unless you use D and E. D and E? Whatever for? Do the problem that set, Susan. I can't, Mr. Chesterton. You can't simply work on three of the dimensions. Three of them? Oh, time being the fourth dimension, I suppose. Then what do you need E for? What do you make the fifth dimension? Space. Too many questions and not enough answers. Stupid or just doesn't know. So we have a 15-year-old girl who is absolutely brilliant at some things and excruciatingly bad at others. There she is. Susan looks around, then goes into the scrapyard. Look, can we go in now? I hate to think of her alone in that place. If she is alone, look, she is 15. She might be meeting a boy. Did that occur to you? I almost hope she is. What do you mean? Well, it would be so wonderfully normal. It's silly, isn't it? I feel frightened, as if we're about to interfere in something that's best left alone. Come on, let's get it over with. Well, don't you feel it? I take things as they come. Come on. In the scrapyard, Ian has a small portable light in his hand. There's no sign of Susan. What a mess. I'm not turning over any of this stuff to find her. Over there? Ian trips on a low piece of junk and drops the flashlight, which breaks. Blast! I've dropped it! What? The torch! Well, use a match. I haven't got any. Oh, never mind. Susan! 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 Mr. Chesterton and Miss White! She can't have got out without us seeing her. Ian, look at this! It's a police box. What on earth is it doing here? These things are usually on the street. Feel it. Feel it. Do you feel it? It's the faint vibration. It's alive. It's not connected to anything unless it's through the floor. Look, I've had enough. Let's go and find a policeman. Yes, all right. Someone coughs. Is that her? That's not her. Quick. They hide as an old man in a hat and a long scarf enters the yard. He goes to the police box and puts a key in the lock. Oh, you grandfather. It's Susan. Ian comes out from the hiding place. Excuse me? What are you doing here? We're looking for a young girl. We? Good evening. What do you want? One of our pupils, Susan Foreman, came into this yard. Really? In here? Are you sure? Yes, we saw her from across the street. One of their pupils? Not the police, then? I beg your pardon? Uh, why were you spying on her? Who are you? We heard a young girl's voice call out to you. Your hearing must be very acute. I didn't hear anything. It came from in here. You imagined it. I certainly did not imagine it. Young man, is it reasonable to suppose that anybody would be inside a cupboard like that? Hmm? 
Would it therefore be unreasonable to ask you to let us have a look inside? The doctor goes to an ornate picture frame. Hmm, I wonder why I've never seen that before. Now that, isn't that strange? Very damp and dirty. Won't you help us? We're two of her teachers from the Coal Hill School. We saw her come in and we haven't seen her leave. Naturally, we're worried. We'll have to be cleaned. No, I'm afraid it's none of my business. I suggest you leave here. Not until we're satisfied that Susan isn't in there. And frankly, I don't understand your attitude. Yours leaves a lot to be desired. Will you open the door? There's nothing in there. Then why are you afraid to show us? Afraid? Oh, go away. I think we'd better go and fetch a policeman. Very well. And you're coming with us. Oh, am I? I don't think so, young man, no. I don't think so. We can't force him. But we can't leave him here. Doesn't it seem obvious to you he's got her locked up in there so? Doesn't it seem obvious to you he's got her locked up in there? Look at it. There's no door handle. There must be a secret lock somewhere. That was Susan's voice. But of course it was. Susan! Susan! Susan, are you in there? It's Mr. Chesterton and Miss Wright, Susan. But don't you think you're being rather high-handed, young man? You thought you saw a young girl enter the yard. You imagine you heard her voice. You believe she might be inside there. It's not very substantial, is it? But why won't you help us? Well, I'm not hindering you. If you both want to make fools of yourselves, I suggest you do what you said you'd do. Go and find a policeman. Why, you nip off quietly in the other direction. Ugh, insulting. There's only one way in and out of this yard. I shall be here when you get back. I want to see your faces when you try to explain away your behavior to a policeman. Nevertheless, we're going to find one. Come on, Barbara. What are you doing out there? She is in there. Close the door! Barbara! Barbara goes inside the box as Ian briefly struggles with the doctor before following her. Barbara finds herself in a very big room with chair, hat stand, and various other pieces of furniture. Susan, Susan is standing at a six-sided console in the center. Close the door, Susan. I believe these people are known to you. They're two of my school teachers. What are you doing here? Where are we? We must have followed you. That ridiculous school. I knew something like this would happen if we stayed in one place too long. But why should they follow me? Is this really where you live, Susan? Yes. And what's wrong with it? But it was just a telephone box. Perhaps. And this is your grandfather? Yes. But why didn't you tell us that? Well, I don't discuss my private life with strangers. But it was just a telephone box. I've walked all the way around it. Barbara, you saw me. You don't deserve any explanations. You pushed your way in here uninvited and unwelcome. I think we ought to leave. No, just a minute. I think this is absurd, but I feel... The doctor is examining uh, an ornate clock. Oh dear, 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 dear. This very... I walked all around it. Oh, it stopped again. You know, and I've tried... Oh, you wouldn't understand. But I want to understand. Yes, 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 yes. By the way, Susan, I managed to find a replacement for that faulty filament. It's an amateur job, but I think it'll serve. It's an illusion. It must be. What is he talking about now? What are you doing here? Well, you don't understand, so you'll find excuses. Illusions, indeed. You say you can't fit an enormous building into one of your smaller sitting rooms? No. But you've discovered television, haven't you? Yes. Well, then by showing an enormous building on your television screen, you can do what seemed impossible, couldn't you? Well, yes, but I still don't know. Well, not quite clear, is it? I can see by your face that you're not certain. You don't understand. And you know you wouldn't. Never mind. Now, then, uh, which switch was it? No, no, no. Ah, yes, that's it. The point is not whether you understand what is going to happen to you. They'll tell everybody about the ship now. Ship? Yes, ship. This doesn't roll along on wheels, you know. You mean it moves? The TARDIS can go anywhere. TARDIS? I don't understand you, Susan. Well, I made up the name TARDIS from initials. Time and relative dimension in space. I thought you'd both understand when you saw the different dimensions inside from those outside. Just let me get this straight. 
a thing that looks like a police box, standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere in time and space? Yes, of so. But that's ridiculous. Why won't they believe us? How can we? Now, now, don't get exasperated, Susan. Remember the Red Indian. When he saw the first steam train, his savage mind thought it an illusion, too. You're treating us like children, Barry. Am I? The children of my civilization would be insulted. Your civilization? Yes, my civilization. I tolerate this century, but I don't enjoy it. Have you ever thought what it's like to be wanderers in the fourth dimension? Have you? To be exiles? Susan and I are cut off from our own planet, without friends or protection. But one day we shall get back. Yes, one day. One day. It's true. Every word of it's true. You don't know what you've done coming in here. Grandfather, let them go now, please. Look, if they don't understand, they can't. They can't hurt us at all. I understand these people better than you. Their minds reject things they don't understand. No. He can't keep us here. Susan, listen to me. Can't you see this is all an illusion? It's a game that you and your grandfather are playing, if you like, but you can't expect us to believe it. It's not a game! But, Susan, it's... It's not! Look, I left your school. I left England in the 20th century. The last five months have been the happiest of my life. But you are one of us. You look like us. You sound like us. I was born in another time, another world. Now look here, Susan. You... Oh, come on, Barbara. Let's get out of here. It's no use. You can't get out. He won't let you go. He closed the doors from over there. I saw him. Now which is it? Which is it? Which control operates the door? You still think it's an illusion? I know that free movement, time, and space is a scientific dream I don't expect to find solved in a junkyard. Your arrogance is nearly as great as your ignorance. Will you open the door? Open the door. Susan, will you help us? I mustn't. Very well then, I'll have to risk it myself. I can't stop you. Don't touch it! It's alive! Ian gets an electric shock from the console. Ian, what on earth do you think you're doing? Grandfather, let them go now, please. And by tomorrow, we shall be a public spectacle. A subject for news and idle gossip. But they won't say anything. My dear child, of course they will. Put yourself in their place. They are bound to make some sort of a complaint to the authorities, or at the very least, talk to their friends. If I do let them go, Susan, you realize, of course, we must go too. No, Grandfather. We've had all this out before. There's no alternative, child. I want to stay. But they're both kind people. Why don't you trust them? All you've got to do is ask them to promise to keep our secret. It's out of the question. I won't go, Grandfather. I want to leave the 20th century. I'd rather leave the TARDIS and you. Now you're being sentimental and childish. No, I mean it. Very well. Then you must go with them. I'll open the door. Are you coming, Susan? But instead of flipping the switch to open the doors, the doctor starts the time rotor moving. Oh, no! Grandfather! No! Ian and Barbara are thrown from side to side. The doctor and Susan hang on to the console. Eventually, Barbara lands in the chair and Ian on the floor. The TARDIS heads into the vortex. Later, it is peaceful and quiet. On the scanner is a view of a desolate, scrubby land. The shadow of a scruffy figure in animal skins is looking at the TARDIS. In the TARDIS, Barbara wakes up. Ian! Ian! I'm alright. I must have hit my head. The movement stopped. The base is steady. Layer of sand, rock formation, good. We've left 1963. Oh, yes, undoubtedly. I'll be able to tell you where presently. Zero? Oh, that's not right. I'm afraid this urometer is not calculating properly. Hmm. Well, anyway, the journey's finished. What are you doing down there? What have you done? Barbara, you don't believe all this nonsense. Well, take a look at the scanner screen. Yes, look up there. They don't understand, and I suspect they don't want to. Well, there you are. A new world for you. Sand and rock? Yes. That's the immediate view outside the ship. But where are we? You mean that's what we'll see when we go outside? Yes, you'll see it for yourself. I don't believe it. 
You really are a stubborn young man, aren't you? All right, show me some proof. Give me some concrete evidence. I'm sorry, Susan. I don't want to hurt you, but it's time you were brought back to reality. But you're wrong, Mr. Chesterton. They are saying I'm a charlatan. What concrete evidence would satisfy you? Just open the doors, Dr. Foreman. Eh? Dr. Who? What's he talking about? They're so sure, Ian. Yes, I know. And remember the difference between the outside of the police box and the inside. Yes, I know, but are you going to open the doors or aren't you? No. You see? Not until I'm quite sure it's safe to do so. Well, yes? Good. Yes, it is. It's good. Excellent, excellent. You've got the radiation counter. There, what's it read? It's reading normal, grandfather. Splendid, splendid. Well, I think I'll take my Geiger counter with me just in case. So you'll still challenge me, young man? Well, just open the doors and prove your point. You're so narrow-minded, aren't you? Don't be so insular. Grandfather, do you know where we are? Yes. We've gone back in time, all right. One or two samples, and I shall be able to make an estimate. With rock pieces and a few plants. But I do wish this wouldn't keep letting me down. However, we can go out now. Just a minute. You say we've gone back in time? Yes, quite so. So that when we go out that, of that door, we won't be in a junkyard in London, in England, in the year 1963. That is quite correct. But your tone suggests ridicule. But it's ridiculous. Time doesn't go around and round in circles. You can't get on and off wherever you'd like in the past or the future. Really? Where does time go, then? It doesn't go anywhere. It just happens, and then it's finished. You're not as doubtful as your friend, I hope. No. Barbara, you can't. I can't help it. I just believe them, that's all. If you could touch the alien sand and hear the cries of strange birds and watch them wheel in another sky, would that satisfy you? Yes. The doctor opens the doors. Now see for yourself. It's not true. It can't be. Well, I've no more time to argue with you. I must get some samples, Susan. Be careful, Grandfather. Oh, dear. It's disgusting, really. Ian, come out and look. Oh, here. Lean on me. No, thank you. I'm all right. Thanks. Ian and Susan step outside. Well, there must be some explanation. It's still a police box. Why hasn't it changed? Dear, dear, how very disturbing. The doctor collects his rock samples, watched by a primitive man. Barbara comes across an animal skull in the sand. What do you think it could be? Ian, look at this. I don't know. It hasn't got any horns or antlers. Could be a horse. Could be anything. It's incredible. A police box in the midst of... Oh, it just doesn't make sense. Should have changed. Wonder why it hasn't happened this time. The ship, you mean? Yes. It's been an ionic column and a sedan chair. Disguising itself wherever it goes. Yes, that's right. It hasn't happened this time. I wonder why not. I wonder if this old head would help, Grandfather. Where is he? You're very quiet. I was wrong, wasn't I? Oh, look, I don't understand it any more than you do. The inside of the ship suddenly finding ourselves here. Even some of the things Dr. Foreman says. What's his name? Who is he? Doctor Who? Perhaps if we knew his name, we might have a clue to all this. Look, Ian, the point is, it's happened. Yes, it has. But it's impossible to accept. I know I'm here. I can't see him anywhere. He can't be far away. I have a feeling just now as if we were being watched. The primitive man attacks. The doctor cries out. Grandfather! Come on! They run to where the doctor was gathering his samples and find his bag on the ground. Look! What is it? Some of these things. Grandfather, where are you? Susan, don't panic. I must find him. Susan? I must see. We'll be careful then. Ian, look. This Geiger counter's not much good anymore. Well, maybe he saw something and went off to investigate. Maybe his hat. Well, what do you think happened? I don't know. Perhaps he was excited and went off to investigate something as you suggest. But he may have been taken. I can't see him. I can't find him anywhere. There's not a sign of him. Calm down, Susan. Susan, don't worry. What's the matter? It's his notes. He'd never leave his notebook. 
It's too important to him. It's got the key codes of all the machines in the ship. It's got notes of everywhere we've been to. Something terrible has happened to him. I know it has. We must find him. Susan, Susan, we'll find him. I promise you, he can't be far away. What's on the other side of those rocks? There's a line of trees. There's a gap in them. There might be a path on the other side. All right, we'll try there first. Come on. Strange. What? The sand. It's cold. It's nearly freezing. The primitive man has taken the doctor to the large cave where his people live. There's a commotion as the doctor is brought in and laid across a large rock. This is a strange creature. Is Jar afraid of an old man? When will Jar make fire come from his hands? He wears strange skins. Jar is afraid. There was a strange tree. The creature was on it. The creature was in it. Zar would have run away had he seen it. Silence. The fire maker is dead. You all carry dry sticks with you, but tonight I make them burn. I am leader. The creature has opened its eyes. Where's my... Where? Do you want fire or do you want to die in the cold? Fire! 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 This creature can make fire come from his fingers. I have seen it. But I, Cal, brought him here. The creature is mine. He's just an old man in strange skins. If this old man can make fire come from his fingers, I say there is truth in both of you. Zah speaks truth, but fire cannot live in men. And Cal speaks the truth that we die without fire. If this old man can make fire come from his fingers, let us see it now. Zah does not want to see fire made, but I, Cal, am not afraid of fire. I will make my creature make fire. The doctor sits up. I will take him to the Cave of Skulls, and he will tell me the secret. I can make fire for you. Let me go, and I'll make all the fire you want. You don't have to be afraid of me. I'm an old man. How can an old man like me harm any of you? What does he say? He says he can make fire for us. He makes it for me, and I give you fire. I am fire maker. My matches, where are they? I must get back. Take me back to my ship, and I will make fire for you. All the fire you want. Make fire. Make fire come from your fingers as I saw you. I have no matches. I cannot make fire. I cannot make fire. Make fire! Make fire! Or I kill you now! Grandfather! Susan, Ian, and Barbara have entered the cave and are quickly overpowered. If any of them die, there will be no fire. Take them to the Cave of Skulls. No! Grandfather! It's alright. The Cave of Skulls is aptly named as there are many skeletons scattered around it. The captives have been bound. Are you alright? Did they hurt you? No, Ian, I'm frightened. Try and hang on. But how are we going to get out of this? We should use our cunning. I hope you can get yourself free, Chesterton. I can't. The stench in here, the stench. Oh, I'm sorry, it's all my fault. I'm desperately sorry. Don't blame yourself, Grandfather. Oh, look at that skull. Look at it. They're all the same. They've been split open. In the main cave, the tribe sleeps. The old woman gets up and takes a flint hand axe. Meanwhile, in the Cave of Skulls, the group are trying to free themselves. I found another piece with a rough edge. Thank you. It's no good. The flint keeps crumbling. Oh, it's hopeless. Hopeless. Even if we do get free, we shall never move that stone. There's air coming in from somewhere. Yes, there is. I can feel it on my face. May only be a small opening. Don't count on it. Well, you obviously are. Of course I am. Any help is better than none. Don't just lie there criticizing us. Do something. Help us all to get out of here. Oh, this stone's no good. Well, don't give up, Ian, please. Oh, all right. Oh, don't waste time. Try those bones. They're sharper, perhaps. That's a good idea. Grandfather, I knew you'd think of something. We must all take it in turns and try and cut his hands free. Surely we should get the girls free. 
We've got to free you first. You're the strongest, and you may have to defend us. All right. The doctor begins working with a piece of sharp bone to break Ian's bound wrists. Later... Oh, Susan, you have a go. My arms are tired. All right. I don't think of failing. What? Well, try and remember, if you can, how you and the others found your way here. Concentrate on that, please. Yes, yes, I'll try. You're trying to help me. Fear makes companions of us all, that's right. I never thought once you were afraid. Fear is with all of us, and always will be. Just like that other sensation that lives with it. What's that? Your companion referred to it. Hope. Hope, that's right. The old woman rakes through some brush into the cave of skulls. Susan screams in surprise. You will not make fire. I will set you free if you will go away and not make fire. Fire will bring trouble and death to the tribe. There will be no fire. Za and her are now outside the cave of skulls. The old woman is talking to them. No, we cannot move the great stone. I will move it. Inside the cave, the old woman has freed our travelers. Hurry, hurry, you must go across the tuft and into the trees. Yes. They get away, but the old woman is too slow. Zog grabs her from the opening. She set them free. They would have made fire. They would have made fire. No. They have gone into the night. They have taken fire with them. The beasts will kill them. They will kill us if we follow. Now, you are leader. You are as strong as the beast. You will be stronger still when you know how fire is made. Stronger than Cal. Barbara leads the way through a forest. Stop. Uh, just a minute. Let me get my... Uh... We can't stop here. Uh, just a moment. Look, we've got to go further on. I know. I know that. I must get my breath. I must breathe. Try, try. I shall have to carry you. Oh, there's no need for that. Don't be so childish. I'm not senile. Just let me get my breath for a moment. Oh, grandfather, come on. Yes, I'm not so young. Not so young, you know. Are you sure this is the right way? Yes, I think so. I, I can't remember. I simply can't remember. We're free, Barbara. Think about that. Free. Yes, yes. I'm sure I remember this place. But we didn't go around it. We went across it. Yes, there was a sort of trail. That's true. You must be quite near the ship. How are you feeling? I'm all right. Don't keep on looking upon me as the weakest link of the party. What's the matter? I don't know. I saw something over there in the bushes. What nonsense. The bushes moved. I saw them. I saw them. Oh, we're never going to get out of this awful place. Barbara? What do you think it could have been, Grandfather? Oh, sheer nonsense, child. Imagination. We'll die in this place. Barbara, no we won't. We're going to get back to the ship and then we'll be safe. Oh, Ian, what's happening to us? Look, Barbara, we got out of the cave, didn't we? I'm so cold. Oh, I'm hot with all this exertion. We'll rest for a couple of minutes. Oh, good. Is there any chance of them following us? I expect so. Yes, that's why I don't want to stop here too long. Do you think I want to? No, we'll change the order. You and Susan go in front. Barbara and I'll bring up the rear. Susan seems to remember the way better than any of us. You seem to have elected yourself leader of this little party. There isn't time to vote on it. Just so long as you understand, I won't follow your orders blindly. If there were only two of us, you could find your own way back to the ship. Aren't you a tiresome young man? And you're a stubborn old man. But you will lead the girls in between, and I'll bring up the rear, because that's the safest way. Barbara was probably right. I thought we heard something when we stopped back there. Ugh, sheer imagination. Why are you so confident about it? I won't allow myself to be frightened out of my wits by mere shadows, that's all. I think we better get going. Doctor, will you lead? Yes, 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 yes. Come on, Barbara. A dead animal. It must have just been killed. By a larger animal, too. Shush, shush. That must be them. They followed us. Quick, quick, over there. The four hide just as Zah and her reach the slain creature. Keep down, and not a sound. Wait. There is danger. I will go. 
Zog goes further into the forest and is soon attacked by a predatory creature, quite possibly whatever killed the other beast. Quick, now's our chance. Let's get away. Run! Look at them. We can't just leave them. I don't care what they've done. Barbara, Barbara, come on! I think he's dead. There isn't any danger. Barbara, for heaven's sake. No. I'm going to. Susan, you stay here with me. No, Grandfather, we can't leave them. Silence! We're going back to the ship. No! What are you doing? They must be out of their minds. Za is badly wounded, and her is crying. No, keep away. Let me look at him. No. I'm your friend, you understand? Friend, I want to help him. Friend? I need water. Go and fetch some water for his wounds. Water is there. Please show me. Ian, give me your handkerchief. Here you are. Will he be alright? I think so. He must have buried his axe head in the animal. Barbara returns and wrings the handkerchief, releasing the water it had absorbed. Thank you. Water comes out of the skin. Yes, I think most of this blood is the animals. Good. Well, we've lost our chance of getting away. What exactly do you think you're doing? Have you got any antiseptic in the ship? Yes. Lots. One minute ago, we were trying desperately to get away from these savages. And now we're helping them. You're a doctor. Do something. I'm not a doctor of medicine. Grandfather, we can make friends with them. Oh, don't be ridiculous, child. Why? You treat everybody and everything as something less important than yourself. You're trying to say that everything you do is reasonable, and everything I do is inhuman. Well, I'm afraid your judgment's at fault, Miss Wright, not mine. Haven't you realized if these two people can follow us, any of these people can follow us? The whole tribe might descend upon us at any moment. The tribe is asleep. And what about the old woman who cut our bonds? You understand? He's right. We're too exposed here. We'll make a stretcher and carry him. You're not going to take him back to the ship? Take your coat off, Barbara. Susan, try and find me two poles. Long ones, fairly straight. The old woman won't give us away. She helped. Do you think so? These people have logic and reason, have they? Can't you see their minds change as rapidly as day and night? She's probably telling the whole tribe at this very moment. Ian's attempt to make a primitive structure has failed. It's not going to work like this. What can we do? No, he's mine. I was only trying to help. She doesn't understand, Susan. She's jealous of you. I don't understand what you're doing. You are like a mother with a child. Why do you not kill? How can we explain it to her? She doesn't understand kindness. Friendship. We will make him well again. We will teach you how to make fire. In return, you show us the way back to our cave. Come on, let's get on with the stretcher. Let's try the sleeves inside. That's it. How about giving us a hand, Doctor? He's always like this if he doesn't get his own way. The old woman won't give us away. And now that we've got these two on our side, we should get back to the ship. Yes. Get your hand off me. What are you doing? Well, I, I was going to get him to draw our way back to the TARDIS. We've been too long as it is. Is the stretcher ready? Yes. Right, you take one end of it. You don't expect me to carry him, do you? I expect you to help. Very well. Right, now, moving very carefully, now, back again, gently. Cal leads the tribe to the Cave of Skulls. They find that the old woman is dead. My eyes tell me what has happened. As they do when I sleep and I see things, Za and Hur came to free them and find a way to make fire. The old woman saw them. Za killed old woman. The old woman is dead. It must have been your eyes says it was, as your eyes said it was. Za has gone with them, taking them to their cave. Za takes away fire. Now I, Cal, lead. Go. Shortly in the forest. Hold the branches back, Susan. The tortoise! There's the tortoise! But the armed members of the tribe are between them and the tortoise. Back! Back! Go back! Cal is behind them and blocks their retreat. Later, the tribal warriors return to the cave. The structure with Zaw is put down and the time travelers are closely guarded.
Ah, and her with them. I shall stop them. They saved Zah from death near the stream. They set them free from the cave of skulls and went with them. The old woman cut them free. Zah is so weak a woman speaks for him. It was the old woman. She showed them a new way out of the cave of skulls. The old woman does not speak. She does not say she did this or did that. The old woman is dead. Zah killed the old woman. No. Zah killed the old woman with a knife. No. Here, here is the knife he killed her with. This knife has no blood on it. It is a bad knife. It does not show the things it does. This knife can cut and stab. I have never seen a better knife. I will show you one. Cal pulls out his flint knife. That knife shows what it has done. There is blood on it. Who killed the old woman, hmm? You killed the old woman. Yes, she set them free. She set them free. She did this. I, Cal, killed her. Is this your strong leader? One who kills your old woman? He is a bad leader. He will kill you all. Yes, all. Chesterton, follow my example. The doctor picks up some stones and throws them at Cal. Drive him out. Out? Yes, drive him out. He killed the old woman. The tribe also starts pelting Cal with stones. Ka, Cal flees, and Zah struggles to his feet. Remember, Cal is not stronger than the whole tribe. Cal is no longer one of this tribe. We will watch for him. We will all fight Cal if he comes back. We will watch for him. Take them to the Cave of Skulls. Take us back to the desert and we will make fire for you. Don't struggle. The doctor and his companions are again taken to the Cave of Skulls. Tell me what happened after I fought the beast in the forest. You were stronger than the beast. It took away your axe in its head. You lay on the ground. I believed you were dead. Tell me what they did. The young man of the tribe came towards you, but he did not kill. He told me his name. Name? His name is Friend. They come from the other side of the mountains. Nothing lives there. There are other tribes there. This new tribe must come from there. Tell me more of what happened. I did not understand them. Their hands moved slowly and their faces were not fierce. It was like a mother guarding her baby. They are a new tribe, not like us, not like Cal. The young one, whose name is Friend, spoke to me. Do you remember it? He said, Cal is not stronger than the whole tribe. I do not understand. The whole tribe drove Cal away with the stones. The whole tribe can collect more fruit than one. The whole tribe can kill a beast where one of the tribe would die. Then you will not kill them? A leader must know how fire is made. I do not want to be driven into the forest like Cal. I must make fire or they must die, as the old men say. I will speak with friend. I must hear more things to remember. In the Cave of Skulls, the quartet are captives, but not bound this time. Ian is putting together the ingredients of a campfire. Susan finds a stone. I think this is what you want, Mr. Chesterton. Thank you. Here's some leaves and some dead grass. Yes, we'll spread them around the hole. Don't put them inside. Now spread them around a bit more. Yes, that's it. Now apply some friction with these sticks and twine to make the requested fire. Zot enters the Cave of Skulls, but isn't yet noticed by those who are already inside. I can smell something. Yes, so can I. It's burning! It's burning! It's a long way off yet. What is this? We are making fire. You are called friend? Yes. Don't stop. Her said you were called friend. I am called Za. You are the leader of your tribe? No, the doctor is our leader. They are going to set us free. If you show me how to make fire, I will take you back to the foot of the mountains. If you do not show me, I cannot stop you dying on the old stone. Put some more leaves and grass around it. I think it's beginning to work. Do you understand? We are making fire for you. I am watching. The whole tribe should be watching. 
Everyone should know how to make fire. Everyone cannot be leader. No, that's perfectly true. But in our tribe, the firemaker is the least important man. <laughs> I do not believe this. He is the least important, because we can all make fire. I hope he doesn't make grandfather prove that. Look, I think it's beginning to work. Susan, Barbara, blow gently. That's it. We've done it. Yes. Fire. Fire! Outside the Cave of Skulls, Cal kills the guard and goes in. He sees the fire and starts swinging at Zaw with his axe. Zaw uses a thick branch to defend himself and breaks Cal's axe with it. Finally, Zaw gets the upper hand and ends it by smashing Cal's head with a big stone. Ian lights a branch from the fire. Take this and show it to your tribe. You stay here. We will come with you. No, you'll stay here. Give him a chance, Chesterfield. Give him a chance. Let him show the tribe fire. Establish himself as leader, and then he'll let us go. Zah goes and presents the burning branch to his people. Fire! Fire! Cal is dead. I give you fire. I am leader. We will give food and water to the new tribe in the Cave of Skulls. There is no meat. I will go into the forest and get meat. Yes, I remember how the meat and fire joined together. Good. Watch the new tribe. They must be here when I return. Later, Barbara wakes a sleeping Ian. Ian, they brought us meat. And the doctor found a stone with a hole in it and they filled it with water. All the comforts of home. Zah joins them. The animal was hard to kill. The meat on it is good. They have brought you fruit and water has been put into the stone. Is this the stone? Has anyone hurt you? When are you going to let us go, hmm? You will stay here. I have the meat and I have the stick and a piece of skin. I can make fire now. Your tribe and my tribe will join together. We don't want to stay here. Why? There is no better place the other side of the mountains. Do not try to leave here. Zaw takes the stone used to hold water with him. Quench the fire. Take the fire away from them, scaring them somehow. Hey, grandfather, look. When I put one of the skulls onto the fire, it looks as if it's almost alive. Not alive, Susan. Almost dead. We're going to make four torches. We'll find the sticks, and then we'll use the fat from the meat, and then... And then... And then, to all intents and purposes, we're going to die. The Forza makes quick work <laughs> to implement Ian's plan. When I give the sign, Her enters with more meat, sees the lit skulls atop sticks, and screams. The rest of the tribe come in and also cower before the eerie sight. With the tribe distracted, our travelers make a run for it through the forest. Finally, one of the sticks falls over. Look! It is nothing but fire and the bones of the dead. They have gone. While we look at their fire, they have gone! Into the night, the dark will hide them. With fire, it is day. The intrepid time travelers get inside the TARDIS before the tribe arrives. Come on, Doctor. Get us off. Get us off. Yes? The TARDIS starts to dematerialize as the spears fly toward it. A few minutes later, the time rotor slows as the ship again lands. Yes, it's matching up. We're beginning to land. Oh, how I wish. Have you taken this back to our own time? You know I can't do that. Please be reasonable. What? Please, you must take us back. You must. Well, you see, this isn't operating properly. Or rather, the code is still a secret. When you put the right data, precise information, to a second of the beginning of a journey, then we can fix a destination. But I had no data at my disposal. Are you saying that you don't know how to work this thing? Well, of course I can't. I'm not a miracle worker. You can't blame Grandfather. We left the other place too quickly. That's all. Just a minute. Did you try and take us back to our own time? Well, I got you away from that other time, didn't I? That isn't what I asked you. It's the only way I can answer you, young man. Now, now we shall see. The monitor shows strange, unearthly trees. Oh, it could be anywhere. Dear, 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 dear. It's no help to us at all. Well, I suggest before we go outside and explore, 
let us clean ourselves up. Oh, yes. Now, what does the radiation read, Susan? It's reading normal, Grandfather. But as they walk away, the needle goes up into the danger zone. Their adventures are just beginning. The Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company podcast is a Podcascadia production. Copyright 2021, Jeff Polaire. This episode was recorded the 3rd of January, 2021. Our cast this episode was Alex as Susan Foreman, Ananda as Ian Chesterton, Catherine as Cal, Ellen as Old Woman, Gina as Barbara Wright, JJ as The Doctor, Jen as Her, Lisette as Hork, Rob as Zaw, and myself, Jeff, as the narrator. Doctor Who, An Unearthly Child, was written by Anthony Coburn and originally aired 23rd November, 1963. The story was adapted for audio by Jeff Pallier. Doctor Who and all related elements are the intellectual property of the BBC. The unpracticed, disorganized acting company performs for the enjoyment of it and is not profiting in money, goods, or services from this presentation. Our theme music is I Can Feel It Coming by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Some sound effects from Zapsplat.com. The song Who Is That Man was written by Howard Carver for Big Finish Productions and used in the Doctor Who story 1963 Fanfare for the Common Men and used with no permission whatsoever. To buy that story on CD or digital download, visit BigFinish.com. To learn more about the Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company, look for us on Facebook. There you can learn about upcoming projects and how you can also participate.